You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center. This is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to teach about the research. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. This is the day that won't be Tag is in, tag is out. Never miss communication. It's over 9,000. My name is Foxy. The balls are in there. Welcome to this week's edition of the Nerd to Know Basis Show, airing on Phoenix 92.5 FM and all those other wonderful places on the internet like Spotify and our website. But of course, you know that because you can hear this. My name's Kian, and with me this week is Kev. Yes, you have found us using the treasure maps I have hidden masterfully around the Blanchardstown Shopping Centre. That's just it. Unless in my you were Riddler-esque something else and got us by accident, you've probably found us. And even so, if it's the airwaves, kind of more impressive, if we're being honest. Uh, yes, you've, you've solved me these riddles three. <laughs> <laughs> and now you can listen to our podcast. How are you doing, Kian? Oh, I am good because Doctor Who is back along with lots of other things I like right now. And it's nearly Christmas, so eventually I will get in the headspace for that. How about you? Good, good. I'm still, I'm, I'm most of the way into a Christmas headspace. I haven't watched Muppets Christmas Carol just yet, but I could definitely tell I'm on the verge of watching Michael Caine give the performance of his lifetime to a puppet. <laughs> That's just it. Yeah, yeah. We've already done uh, Muppets Treasure Island to warm up for it. Yeah. So we're getting there eventually. Uh, but... but- yeah, in, a, in, in, in a not so Christmassy movie, I've I've caught one of those new flicks in the cinema, in the, Whoa, in the movie theater. A new film, new film, a non-Marvel thing or anything. They're they're still making these new films, you know. Whoa, what a notion! Uh, it's not a Disney remake. It's not a horror movie with some weird pun in the title. No, but we we're we're, we're building it up like it's an indie art house film. No, I went to see the new Hunger Games movie, uh, the the Ballad of Songbirds. Snakes. Well, I know nothing about it. It could be an indie darling, for all I know. <laughs> uh, no, like it is. It it like I think it is. It is a cool kind of a standalone kind of franchise in its own little right. But it is still you know multi million dollar franchise. Let's not. <laughs> but well, uh, yeah, because I remember like not to get too anecdotal. But I remember the books coming into Eason's, the hmm. Song of Snakes and such and such or whatever it is. Okay, what's the proper name for it, Kev? Uh, the Ballad of Songbird the Snakes. Thank you. And uh, I remember it not really selling that much, at least in our branch of Eason's. It, uh, it, it, so like, kind of like, is this like a much hyped thing? Is this something that people have been counting the minutes till it comes out? Or? I don't think so. I don't think it had, like it's, it's definitely carrying off the, it, it's definitely carrying off the the initial hype from the old Hunger Games movies. What it is, is a prequel. And, okay. and to be honest, when I heard the premise, I probably would have also not given a 
given a lick about it because it's a prequel about President Snow, the tyrannical right. dictator president from the original Hunger Games. The Donald Sullivan character. Donald Sullivan, yeah. Right. And when I heard that, I was like, ah, do we really need a do we really need a backstory movie for the tyrant? Right. My stock and all when this actually is a quite good movie. Okay. All um, right. Well, like I know you've you've set up that it's like a president snow, but give us like the basic premise of like what's going on in the start of the story. Uh for the most part, like as much as it is just kind of a, a character story of the early life of uh Coriolanus Snow. Kind of a very it's his name very, Coriolanus, that's yeah. hilarious. It is, yeah. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I love the Hunger Games trilogy. Like, y- you know my kid's name. But, like, uh, but, wow. That's, that's like calling him Maximilian or something <laughs> yeah. like that. You well, know. that's, it's, it's, they kind of, it's, they, they build it as a, as a, a, as a sort of rags to riches, except he's, like, he comes from a fallen, like, capital house. Right. Um, so kind of like a mobster movie setup almost. Sort of. Um he's basically he's he comes from a ha- he comes from a family like during the war, because right. that's kind of how early back we are. Like he was he was a child when the war that started the Hunger Games. Mm. The, the the revolution was about. Uh, and it was in that his dad died. Thus, like his whole family basically lost all their money and they've just been pretending to be wealthy. Mm. Uh, but he's been putting on his airs to try and get through the school to get a grant that would basically reaffirm his family's lineage. Because the kid, you know, obviously he's a child prodigy, a, mm. a masterful, um, a, a, a master genius extraordinaire. Um, and by this point, the Hunger Games as a concept in this world has started, but it's still early. It's still fundamentally just... Okay, so he doesn't create the Hunger Games. Then. No, no. The Hunger Games right. have already been around. Right. Um, Do the 13 districts exist then? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah, in the same way where each district is very much kind of like for the production of like a certain resource. Right, right. Um, and, but the Hunger Games are very rudimentary at this point. They're basically just put a bunch of people in a in a room and have at each other. It's not like the Star Trek holodeck. No, no. Gadgets uh, which that's like. another fun, that's a one, that's one fr- kind of really fun aspect about this is watching them kind of backtrack from that hyper futuristic technology of what we knew the home games to a very retros 50 aesthetic. Okay. For this kind of 70 years earlier. Um, so everything's every, yeah, everything's very, retro post-war tube television it, it adds a very distinctive flair okay uh that i that i kind of enjoyed uh and what this movie though introduces is that snow is in the first class of uh capital students right so he is are, actually no, in the hunger games no this is the first class that are assigned as mentors Oh, okay. up until this point, it's just a bunch of people thrown in a room and told to kill each other. This right. is the first time where they've been given mentors and to to perform in a way. Mm. Um, all of which, like it's it's a it's a decent movie that's carried by some very strong performances across the board. Particularly, absolutely, the 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 showstopper is Viola Davis. I can't oh, remember her character's right. okay. name. I, I know nothing about anyone who's in this, so I must confess. No, uh, I can't remember the character's name, but she's basically the game maker. Right. 
who is like who has to think up crazy ideas to keep the populace watching the Hunger Games. And they've just they went full like dial to 11 on how do we make this woman look as crazy as possible? <laughs> Everything to the hair going out every direction, to the one milky eye, to the just two red lipstick, to a, a lab outfit that just looks like she has been sprayed in blood. <laughs> it's way beyond extra and it's fantastic. Um, and yeah, and and... And so the movie kind of then basically follows the relationship between Snow and, um, oh, I can't remember the girl's name, but he, basically his contestant in the horror right. games, uh, the songbird, as she'd be called, because uh, she's a very, very lithe, very... Um, Snow, the snake. Yes. Right, okay. Um, and the movie kind of develops. The Hunger Games itself happens. There's a sequence where they're both outside of the capital. Uh, kind of dealing in one or two of the districts themselves. It I won't give away the whole plot, right? But I I it it's brought me back to like I don't think about them often, but I do remember it reminded me how much I actually really did like the Hunger Games movies. Yeah, the the fact that they split book three into two films mm. really stopped it becoming this solid trilogy that people yeah. could go back to. You know, but even then, like it's because I think we we when we think of it, we you know. I I think I speak for a lot of people when I say that, like, we kind of remember just that deluge of YA death game. Yeah. That kind of like came the in. Maze like, Runners and all that, yeah. Yeah. Was and like, it, it kind, one of those as well? Yeah, it, yeah. And, like, yeah. it it kind of just got folded into them where there was yeah. a there was a lot of homogeny. Uh, when, when, when you kind of go back to it and remember it, like, you know, it was kind of the progenitor of all that. And yeah, like for the good book reason. Was like because... Solid. It's that that book series is one of the only book series where I've read an entire book in one night. I don't usually do that, but I did it for Hunger Games. And then the films, until they became too dour, really doubled down on the kind of grounded aspects of it. Like, yeah, like I can't remember. I can't remember the last time a sequel bait cliffhanger led had me wanting wanting the next movie more than the end of Catching Fire mm. when she gets like airlifted out and you find out that um uh Philip Seymour Hoffman was actually part of the revolution. Yeah. Um and I like that that movie the movie felt like it had only been running for like 20 minutes and I needed more now. That's right. That film was a rush. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so like no I think I think they 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 should be given more credit than I think they're due in hindsight. Yeah, if someone, like like I said, if someone edits movies three and four together into like one, two and a half hour movie, I'd say I would blast through that trilogy in an evening, I suspect. Uh, but yeah, and I would say otherwise as well, if you've kind of, if you're new to all of this and you've heard about The Hunger Games, you think, oh, that's an interesting idea. You can, I check, I would actually say check out Ballad of Songbird Snakes. It being a prequel, you can jump in sight unseen. So, well, actually, you kind of beat me to it then. So this would appeal to people who may not have seen the original or may not remember it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Like, it it, it makes reference. It definitely, I think it relies somewhat on the world building having already been pre-established. But, like, it's not, there's not, they're not concepts you can't get your head around if, right. you're, if you keep aware of it. Um. No, I think I think like solid movie, solid. Uh, 
yeah, solid movie, solid standalone. And if you like it, then you have four more to go to. Um, and yeah, and uh, like truly a, a a solid kind of movie to round out the year. Okay, uh, you know, I'm major box office that, because, like you said, I I never saw the 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 ripoff spinoffs, whatever. Mm. But they, you're right; they did kind of sanitize the whole thing, and I think maybe with Divergent, they just never finished it. They Very likely, yeah. making movies. Dep- I, I'll have to. I, 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 don't, I might, don't quote me on this, but I, do I might have either. I don't think it was Maze Runner because I feel like there was like five Maze Runner films, but certainly one of them just stopped. I could fact check this with story. Louise because I know she did like the Maze Runner movies. Oh yeah, <laughs> so she'll probably know if there was more of it. If them. she wanders through the room, just get her to shout. I'll get her. I'll catch her. <laughs> I'll get her to catch her. Uh, but yeah, no, I think you know for what has been a very good year for movies, uh, something we I think we could possibly get into in a later episode closer to the closer to the end of the year. Um, I think yeah, no, it's 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 what I think is probably going to be the last big blockbuster. Uh, before before January. Not to say it's the last big movie because I've got one big red mark on my radar for February for December twenty seventh, and that's the boy and the heron. Have you not oh, heard of it? This? No, the boy and the the new Hayao Miyazaki movie. Kian. Oh, that's out then, is it? <laughs> December twenty seventh. I am so ready for it. Probably right, going to uh, end up going see both are coming out the same day. You piqued my interest. There you go. I'll probably that's, I'll probably end up going to see it twice for each. Invite me to at least one of those two times. <laughs> because like, a pair, by all accounts, I've tried to avoid as much as possible. By all accounts, Robert Pattinson is fantastic. Um, Carrying on the tradition of Batman actors and Studio Ghibli's being unexpectedly good voice actors. Yes. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, I suppose actually while we're on the topic of uh, kind of Hollywood actors giving surprisingly good. I'm actually counting up the Batman actors who've all done <laughs> Studio Ghibli and interesting stuff. I'm up to at least three. <laughs> they did get Killian. Uh, they get. They did get Christian Bale back for this one. Brilliant! There you go. Um, but yeah, speaking of Hollywood actors giving surprisingly good voiceover performances, have you Scott watched Pilgrim. this? Scott Pilgrim's Yeah. Game yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Uh, we've both seen this. Um. I I remember the trailers coming out say making a big fuss about all the original voice actors being back and the animation looking nice, but I wasn't ready for what this show actually was. Like, what were your expectations going into this? Uh, zero. I went in without having seen really any pre uh, any any of uh, the advertisements. I Same. thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. Apart from, I like, think I I back. like a lot of people probably assumed. This was just going to be an adaptation of Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. And we were wrong. We were wrong. I think it's been long enough to say, no, it is not. Yeah, <laughs> well, is... like, we should have really talked about this before recording. How much are we going to tap dance around the twist? In the I, no, I think I think we're we're over a month there. So, like, if, if you've researched this show at all, I think it's fair to say... By the time this goes out in the air, maybe two months. Who knows? Maybe two months. Um... Like, I think it's fair to say, like, you know, knowing that it is a subversion of the original material. Yeah. Uh, it's it, fair it's to say. It's not a straight we... adaptation of the film, nor is it a straight adaptation of the comics, which are already different from the film to begin with. Yeah. 
Uh, but no, I think like I I think what it does is incredibly interesting. Hmm. Uh, do we want to do we want to just put up a spoiler warning and get really into it? Get really granular. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah just time code. I don't know. Ten minutes from now. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, that sounds about right. I think that'll do us. Uh, but yeah, no. Fully I... come into the middle of an equally spoiler-filled Doctor Who thing. But you know, them's the breaks of it not being YouTube. Tough one, kid. Uh, read the description. <laughs> yes, okay. yes, you listening to Blanchetown Radio, read the description. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But no. Um, Pull your car over, like, you know, and uh, read but, the description. Yeah. But, uh, but no, yeah, I was it's, it's... so pleasantly surprised. Ahoy! Ahoy! When... So pleasantly surprised. So pleasantly surprised when Dara showed up. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Welcome, uh, welcome, welcome. Hello. We'll, we'll, we'll catch up with you in a second. We're just about to talk Scott Pilgrim. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Have you seen it? No. I'm prepared to have it spoiled. Go, Go Kev. Uh, well, Scott Pilgrim dies at the end of the first episode. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to like build up to that. No. Spoilers alert, everybody. <laughs> uh, hey, Dara, we spent like a minute giving that before you came in. Okay, good. I just wanted to say, you know. <laughs> we're not, we're not Snape kills Dumbledore nonsense there. Oh, well, see, that was justified. <laughs> I thought you were gonna finesse it a wee bit. <laughs> no, uh, like that's it's 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 as blunt as it is in the show, and that's like it knocks you off guard. That's episode one. Go well, from it's there. Worth, it's worth pointing out. Episode one is a that's fairly faithful recreation of the first twenty odd minutes of the film. Yeah, and that's why it's so great that like when he bursts into coins and the credits start rolling, you're like, what mm. is happening? Uh, but no, the show takes a really interesting angle and d- divests that into a character study of what these characters are like without mm. Scott and without all of the events preceding that. Um, and winds itself around into a wonderful ending about finding yourself and loving yourself without being a dork about it. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, people people listening won't get the benefit of Kev's like desperate hand gestures. Trying my best for the word to, literally in midair. Trying my best to keep this at, on at five, <laughs> <laughs> because that like it's I, when they changed when they changed what the show was about. I had my concerns initially because hmm. Scott Pilgrim more the 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 comic. Jeez, I'm I'm going on a full hour right now. <laughs> is is like the comic more than the movie is very much about being a sucky early twenty year old, yeah, and learning to just be at least a little less sucky. Um, yeah, like and it, I think the film, which I'm more familiar with the film than the hmm. comics, but I have read the comics. The film does, I think, a really underappreciated trick of setting you up to think that Scott Pilgrim is a relatively nice, relatable character. And it quietly sets up all of these, like, for lack of a better word, flags in the background that don't really pay off until near the end of the film. Do you know what I mean? There is that sort of, like, it's sort of, it's working on several layers of morality, like... Oh, hundred percent. And listen, you're uh, talking as talking as somebody who adores Edgar Wright as a filmmaker. Mm. I would never say underappreciated. That movie is a masterpiece. There's no. Oh, I meant that like, particular aspect yeah. of it. It's not that um, like Ramona has done loads of shady things and no. Scott is like this like perfect individual. 
he is also doing bad things to Knives, to the drummer one, to his friends. It's just that the movie isn't highlighting them and sort of blames you for not noticing too. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, the, like the, where Scott is categorically a bad dude in the comic mm. and, like, it's not left up to any amount of interpretation. He sucks. Um, the, the, the movie... Be- especially particularly just being a live action piece of media humanizes him into realizing, well, well that's a person I know I'd actually get on with and like hang yeah. around. And then you kind of peel back that layer of like, but no, he really sucks though. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, cause that's, that's kind of like, no, hold core. on a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm in the middle of eating rice at the moment. So, right. In the movie, he's character. He's dating a teenager. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> he's, he's he's actually a horrible person from the get go, and like, I, I see where you're coming from, but no, man. I mean, even though I like Michael Sarah, I'm like, whoa, you're a terrible person. I just I just meant Dara in terms of the framing. Like, we get lots of episodic, oh yeah, explanations and apologies from Ramona about why she is the way she is. But Scott doesn't examine his own behavior until about the f- time the fourth X turns up. Is what that's I mean. because he's a terrible person. And terrible yeah, people aren't aware they're the terrible film people. Is deliberately keeping that to the sides until it points it out later. You know. Oh, yeah, I can see that. I can see yeah. that. I'm, I'm not defending I, Scott. I'm no, saying no. the film pulls a trick. Yeah, and again, the and again, you know, the movie and the comic are about him being abominable mm. and learning to just be at least a little less so by the end of it. Mm. And which is, I, I, I think it is essential reading for anybody in college because it will. Oh, it will that's shine actually a, fair. That's actually no, fair. It, yeah, it will it shine be, yeah. a spotlight on aspects of your life. Um. So the, anyway, but what I was getting at, because the movie kind of subverts that kill Scott, the first episode, it's, it kind of stops becoming about that. Yes. And starts becoming more of a character study of the characters in this universe. Yeah. And it's one thing I love about this. And I'm trying to think of another example of a story that does this. The only one I can think of is maybe Undertale or something. But like the real joy of the conceit of this is you spend a lot of time with the exes who are only really obstacles in the books and the movie. You get to see them like mix and match and see how they get on. And you realize how much you are missing out on in the original media, you know? Yeah. Oh, it fully fleshes them out into well-rounded three-dimensional people. And and the kind of the, the woven webs of interpersonal relationships therein. One of my favorite sequences is the 20 minutes that Lucas and Gideon are left in... Um, in in what's her face's house and just build a skate ramp yes you beat me to it yeah. <laughs> yeah um and then um oh god what's the first ex's name uh matthew patel matthew patel becoming like the, the becoming the kingpin of it all mm. um like that's yeah a lot of kind of really fun dynamics and then the show gets just like incredibly meta in that they it try to adapt basically yeah yeah they try to adapt the story of scott pilgrim's life post-mortem if he didn't die which becomes the movie that directed edgar by edgar wrong directed yes. by edgar wrong it's fantastic um and then so on top of kind of all of that that 
really just interesting subversion of character study. Uh, the one thing I was actually, that was a red flag, was the announcement that they would be getting the entire cast back to voice. Mm. Because I'm hesitant about a lot of, like, Hollywood actors. I know you've, you've talked before actor. about, like, kind of A-listers being given voice actor roles that aren't, like, career voice actors. Like that, like, there's, they're two different skill sets. Yeah. Although, I will point out, the one who plays the fourth X has done more voice acting than, like, on camera acting. Oh, she's from Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah, oh, yeah. Say, on that, on that, Kev, I see where you're coming from, but this is like a reprisal of a role rather than them taking roles away. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. In that sense. Uh, but I like, it's, it's more, I wasn't sure because they are, it, it's a slightly different way of performing. Mm. So even though they're playing the same character, they're playing them in a different sense. Yeah. Uh, in, in a, in a you different way. You can tell medium. Sarah has to heighten his performance a little bit. Well, see, that's the, the thing the is, and all that. given that I'm surprised at how well the performance is carried, mm. even some of like some of the kind of the highlights, Michael Sarah knocks it out of the park. I think he could do actual voice work. And the same goes with Chris Evans. I did not think Chris Evans would be one of my favorite parts of this. Mm. But he, like, I, I, I mean, it definitely helps that he has, like, um, just real, real bastard energy. <laughs> <laughs> like, Knives Out has, has typecast him as a, as a real jerk. And he plays I mean, that sort of character. If you're Captain America, you can only go down, really. Yeah, so like, oh no, but he plays he plays somebody you hate wonderfully. Yeah. Um, and then sure, yeah, he was casting of, this before Captain America, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah. This would have been if if not before, definitely around the same. I remember thinking, oh, that's the Human Torch guy, certainly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, like he he brings a bit of that to Lucas Lee, and just kind of cranks up the arrogance a bit, and it's it's absolutely wonderful. Um, well, you say that. I was more impressed with Brandon Ruth because he's has to push himself with his character without giving away too many spoilers. Very far out of his comfort zone of the character he played before. This is the third X, mm, the one who's yeah. going out with uh, the pop singer. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, oh, speaking of which, we get a Brie Larson song, which is great because I thought the the Brie Larson song from the original film was like a little like underappreciated highlight. Yeah, it's like, one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite parts of the whole thing. Yeah. What do you What do you mean? Black sheep's a Black sheep's a treasure. <laughs> it is a treasure, but no one like talks about it. I talk, I talk, I, about, I, it. I talk about it. Well, maybe I just have the wrong friends. <laughs> yes, we're your friends. <laughs> yes, that is true. But I'm just <laughs> Um. No, I think like like no. if I go to the teachers, like I work with them. Like, hey, what's your favorite Clash of Demon Head song the, from you a should. fictional band, you should, from a fictional show based on a fictional movie of a fictional comic? All this means, Keen, is we're your cooler friends. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, to to kind of go back to though something that we touched on when we were talking songbird stakes, I I where I do think that that uh, well obviously it being a prequel. You could jump in. Mm. I don't know. I, I'd be so fascinated to see how this how this reads to somebody who hasn't watched or read the original. Yeah, that's it, a good it, point. It, it feels like something that is so hinged on being a derivation that I think I, I it feels like you'd be lost without it. Yeah, like you wouldn't get all the references to the original movie and you just sort of it's a bit Obviously, Ramona's kind of the anchor of the story, 
But it is a bit, if you don't have that context, it is a bit rudderless, isn't it? Mm. It, it feels it. It does, yeah. Which is not a criticism for me, but you're right. It'd be fascinating to, to like, you know. Now, having said that, like, I watched it with my infant son and he just liked all the colours. Well, that's, so maybe yeah. there's, like, all the pretty animation and the fights and the music and all that. Well, that's one, that's another thing. It is an extremely beautiful show. Oh, uh, yeah. Sure, the fourth X and Ramona fight through films. Oh, God, yeah. Just, And that's yeah. one of the less memorable sequences. <laughs> the Yeah, no, the entire, like, 3D animated skateboarding sequences mm. are just jaw-dropping. Uh, this is... I. I don't have any key animators' names in front of me, but uh, Science Saru, mm. who does a lot of Masaki Yuasa's work, uh, we're the animation team here. They, okay. uh, Night is Young, Walk On Girl, Tatami Galaxy, uh, 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 Devilman Crybaby was them. Uh, oh, that was that was a gorgeous show, yeah. Yeah, no, incredible animation. Weirdly, actually, because I don't, it's, I, uh, again, don't have the name of the guy in front of me, because it, it's not... It's his studio, but it's not Yuasa. In he doesn't seem to be involved. He's probably working on another project at the time. Right. So they got one. It was one of the key animators that's worked on most of his stuff. Stepped up to be, um, stepped up to be the showrunner on this. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I he's a Spanish guy. Actually, seems like a, a Spanish Jap- Japanese native. Uh, I'll actually see if I can find. The name okay but like oh, that's okay. it like it's it, it it what it what it tells me is that that is a that is a company that is that is an animation studio that is like garnering talent and and like building them to also to be top class animators in their own right uh right. abel Gangora is his name um but yeah no if if you have uh read or watched the original yes go watch this it's mm. fantastic if you haven't, I would recommend going to read the comics. Just in general, as I said, I think essential for anybody blooming into adulthood. Uh, go learn some lessons about yourself, and I don't date a teenager. <laughs> unless you know, you're a teenager. Unless you're a teen. No, and but even then, this, maybe not. This is to people in their twenties. <laughs> <laughs> and above, let's not decategorize that. If you well, you know what? Let's let's actually like. Knives does so much better. Like, oh, they kind of downplay that because the film's done it already. But, like, Knives does so much better out of this than in the film or the comic. Like, we need to get a t shirt for Kev. You know, uh, don't, like date teenagers? don't date teenagers. And look, as like Nerd Snow Media merch. <laughs> no! Don't date teenagers. What's wrong with you? I think that's a good message, Kane. It is a good message. I don't want it to be what people think about when they look at me. <laughs> hey, Kane, don't date teenagers. Exactly, life lessons. <laughs> that's one of those things that probably shouldn't need to be pointed out. It, and it, yet, and, and yet, yet, it quite clearly is. Go read Scott Pilgrim. Exactly. No, teenagers, go go make an epic musical about a failed film script. Go go do that instead. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> it was that oh, I yeah, thought I, I fully thought I fully thought you were like leading me up to another topic. I was like, I don't remember talking. No, no, no. Indie, that's, indie that's musical. What's no, you're talking about Scott Pilgrim. Yes. Yeah. And actually, before we move on, I noticed Easter eggs to the video game. I think the whole uh who's the skateboarder X, the Chris Evans one. Oh, Lucas. Lucas, Lucas Lee. 
I know. I remember it was a thing in the game that oh, like game. you could Games knock out real. the paparazzi and get coins, and that becomes a huge part of this, isn't it? Oh yeah, and like oh that the whole franchise is kind of Ouroboros itself in that way, mm-hmm. in in a good way, <laughs> where because the video game is like is it is is in itself a fundamental part of Scott Pilgrim, mm. um to the point where the composed where the band that composed the music for that Anamanaguchi composed then the music for this series. I was wondering how they factored into it. Okay. Yeah, they were they that the soundtrack is them. Right. Also, go listen to go what go read Scott Pilgrim. Go listen to Anamanaguchi. They're amazing. Oh what yeah, the opening song is amazing in the show. Uh, that's not them now. That's uh, I can't remember the name of the band. That's a J-Rock band, but like okay. the, the the score. But the score is great too, yeah. yeah. Uh one of their instruments is a hacked Nintendo Entertainment System. <laughs> They're a fantastic band. <laughs> oh my god! Well then, and remember, well, then, and, remember uh, no and remember, don't date children. Don't date children. <laughs> oh my god! Right. No clever segue, but an urgent segue. Uh, Dara, have you seen the new Doctor Who's yet? Oh god! Worst thing oh ever. god! Worst thing ever. What is wrong with you? Have you seen it? Yeah, worst thing ever. You actually watched it. Yeah, I'm 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 genuinely amazed and slightly impressed. Yeah, no, I mean when that thing was having its its chat and it's like, oh, I'm this, and you're like, oh, please stop. Wait, uh, have you seen both of them? Yeah, no, I hate them both. Really, I love. Well, I mean, I was I was kind of like seven out of ten on the first one, but I love the second one. No, no, I I think it's time to and to put that put the old girl down. I will not take that, from a Star <laughs> Wars fan. Are you? kidding me i hold on i i'm i'm i've been saying for a long time that star wars needed to you know no, this no, is no. true this Dar- is true dara's got two bullets ready <laughs> I, got, I got two bullets ready exactly um and, and i've been i've been saying about the star wars one for a while so i will not sit here and 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 put up with that but oh man doctor oh, like, how, the, uh, battle how, royale head-to-head thing i knew this was gonna happen how all right my, my question uh, came my question came on this is after everything where everyone's like, right, where you need to knock this out of the park, it needs to be good. And and they bring back everybody and you know David Tennant's there and I was like, oh, this is great. And then they double down and you're like, oh my God. So like nothing has been learned and it's really Double upsetting. down on what though? You're, the, you're being the, very the, cryptic. No, I'm not. The nonsense. The reason why people don't like Doctor Who is because the writing is so bad and it's very message heavy. But it's always been nonsense. I know, but nonsense can, can have... Look, there's fun nonsense, right? Like Star Wars, at its most part, when it's being silly, like uh, Doctor Who, it can't be good nonsense. Looney Tunes are nonsense, right? Even a lot of Disney nonsense. And then there's like messagey nonsense, and you're like, right? Not only is this not fun, you're shoving this, de- your 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 absolute nonsense down my throat, and I'm just like, I I can't. I will admit it's not subtle, but I wasn't. It's not subtle. It's from something that had beep the meep in it. See, this the this is the thing, right? I expect. I I mean, I think the biggest problem with Doctor Who was, yeah, it was always silly and low budget and fun, and yeah, it's always been very left and and progressive, which is great, and I mean that's brilliant. But I think they they lost their way where instead of being subtle or having something clever to say, they're like, here's exactly what we're going to say. And you're like, oh my God. I don't think that's true, though. I find the the second episode especially incredibly subtle with his character work. Well, look, I will give you the second one is a lot better. But I think this is like, I don't know. Uh, Look, 
I know you guys are bigger fans of this than me, but if I was writing this, what I would have done is I would have like done a hard reset to where it's just fun nonsense for like four or five episodes. You're bringing a new fella. They have a good time and then you can let that settle in. But by just going back to more beating them up, beating people over the head with nonsense, it's like, oh, I just want it to be fun. That's all I want. I just want Doctor Who to be fun. Why can't it be fun? Keen, why can Doctor Who not be fun? I am having fun. Yeah, but you like Jodie Whittaker. Like, I mean, Kev, why can't Doctor Who be fun? Please tell me. No dog in this race. I stopped (laughs) watching halfway through Peter Capaldi. Oh, I'll but... let you know as soon as you take a breath and let me talk. <laughs> I stopped. I stopped the Peter Capaldi too because that went the other way and it was just never fun and no nonsense. And I'm like, I just wanted to be fun. I that... yeah, no, I I got bored of foots around with the BBC iPlayer, so that's mostly right. my problem. <laughs> yeah, that, that's All right. Well, look that, to that, answer that, to answer your question, like it's you got you you're kind of got two things you've kicked in the air there, which is and I, and I'll say this before I get into what I liked about it and what you seem to take against. The two things in the air is the Whitaker era to the public at large is an upside down car on fire in a ditch. So you can't just start again. You need to kind of like get people back feeling the feeling of Doctor Who again. You need to kind of go back to basics a bit. The second problem is, or the issue they have to work around is your man uh, Gatwa is finishing the series four of sex education. So he isn't available to come back. That's why Tennant is here. He's here to do half a season so they can have a Doctor Who for the 60th while he's not available. So you've kind of got the two, those two things in the air. Now, as far as the episodes themselves, like the first one is just a sort of a season four revival episode. It's technically adapted from a comic, but that's not really what it is. And the second one's a weird, creepy, midnighty, like body horror type one about two people locked in a spaceship. Like, you're getting an anniversary trilogy just to get people excited for the franchise again without actually moving it forward just yet. And I get where you're coming from, that it'd be great to just start again, new guy, new things, all that kind of stuff. But realistically, I don't think that's possible with the landscape that Doctor Who existed. I mean, you just essentially gestured at the fact that I like Jodie Whittaker and that invalidated my opinion. And we're friends. That's how toxic yeah, no, no, this I, all is, you know? No, it, it's, it's, not that I, it's not that I invalidate it. It's just, it, it colours it because it's like... But you, you see what I mean, though? That's yeah, no, a you're, you're right. example, and we're not even angry at each other, like... Of course not, no. Kino can never be angry at you, stop. Thank you. <laughs> um, but, but no, I mean, it's just it's just kind of like coming from somebody who has checked out of Doctor Who um, even before Jodie Whittaker, mm. uh, because I just really didn't like Capaldi, um, which I mean, some people love him. But it's just I think they went so far with Jodie Whittaker and the writing wasn't like my problem. Not so much isn't with the messaging. I don't really care that much. Mm. It's that the writing doesn't have it, it's like, OK, it's like someone has an ice cream, right? And it's a really awesome ice cream, right? But you need to walk through pits of sand and snakes to enjoy it. And that's kind of what it's like. And you're like, oh, I want the ice cream. And now what they've done is they've removed the ice cream completely and have a carrot there. So you need to walk through sand and snake to get the carrot. Could, I'm, I'm like, sorry. Okay. Could you be more specific? Because like, I get that like the, the Starbeast, the first one, was a little bit like so-so. But like, 
I watched it and yeah, it's not subtle in the, you know, surrounding the kind of the trans character and all that kind of stuff. But like, what, what is, it is essentially just a rob between a, a furry ET thing and some insect looking people. Like, what is it that has you so aggravated specifically? <laughs> it's not that I'm aggravated. Again, I don't really, I, I have no, no dog in the fight here. You right. know, as far as like, I mean, I can take it or leave it, really, um, because I have checked out. I mean, once Matt Smith left, I was kind of like, all right, whatever. And then it just got worse. It's just kind of like. I guess what I wanted from Doctor Who was the sense of this is a big adventure. We're going somewhere and it doesn't really seem to be doing that. It's kind of like, as you said, I think you actually hit the nail on the head, Kane. I, I think I, I've been expressing this wrong. You said they made an episode just to have Doctor Who. And that's yes. what it feels like. And that's that to me that sums it up more than anything else. What I was expecting, and it might happen with with the new Doctor, but I just don't think it will. I mean, this was the chance to really start building goodwill again. We're like, look, we're just gonna have a good time. It's gonna be like, you know, the tenth Doctor all over again. Isn't it wonderful? And this, it's just kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, hey, 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 here we are. Um, it's it, it's like when you go see a band and they're like all old and broken down, but they still need the money. And that's kind of what it's like. It's just not fun anymore. It's kind of sad. So, like, is the problem that it's not creating the feeling that you used to have? I think so. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's a combination of everything. Some of it might be the toxicity that that surrounds it. That's absolutely a case. And you have you have brought that up. That's like very true. Two, it's 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 like what I was expecting was kind of like a wipe the say clean moment. And three, it's just again, yeah, it's it's kind of sad. It's like. You know, a lot of people want to see Ozzy play. And I've seen Ozzy play about 20 years ago, and it was awesome. Don't particularly want to see Ozzy play now. I, uh, yeah, I get what play, you mean about the play now. This, this, Kev, this is exactly my point. Yeah. <laughs> and Doctor Who can't be Doctor Who anymore. They just need to, like, go somewhere. I'll call something else. But that's, but that's the thing. It's They are going to do something new when the new guy turns up on Christmas Day. It's like, like we're kind of agreeing on the same thing here. Yeah. Which is that... Essentially, it's doing what the fiftieth anniversary was, but in three TV outings. It's sort of. But the 50th... and personally, I quite like the fact that it's not like, oh, here's all doctors again, or isn't it funny that we're all here together? And here's a bunch of people from ten years ago. Whoosh, you know. I I like that it's actually its own strange little bubble story, you know. And you know what? I I think what might happen here is when the new doctor comes, and if it's good, this could like a lot of this could be put in a good way. Mm. But it's more just kind of like because it has such a because they screwed the pooch so much over the past couple of years with it, they really had to knock this out of the park. Mm. And it's kind of like they didn't. They just it's just less bad. But I don't think it is bad. <laughs> yeah, but Jodie Whittaker. See what I mean? There it is again. I know, but that's what I there mean. It is again. Look, that's let me mean. let me let me see if I can find a middle ground here because I'm sure. sure there's other stuff we can talk about. But like Doctor Who has two types of things, two types of episodes, and two types of audience. Mm. And you'll know this yourself from doing the Matt Smith, which is you've got Doctor Who fans and television viewers. Yeah. And the television viewers yes. checked out ages ago. Yeah, that's fair. And they need to come back. Yeah, then you've also got fair. like yeah, really fair. Doctor Who series and Doctor Who Christmas specials. Mm. And there are people who very reasonably just watch it on Christmas Day at never any other time. 
I know people who watch soaps the same way because they know that someone is going to get blown up on EastEnders every Christmas day. You know what? I, can, I think I, I get, that's I think probably this, it. Yeah. I think before you, sorry, before you interrupt there, I think these three episodes are really geared at bringing people who haven't seen it since David Tennant or maybe Matt Smith in and just saying, here's all the characters. Here's what this show could do with its new budget, its new kind of heightened thing, its Disney money. And if you like the look of it, Doctor Who proper is starting next year. So as an extended teaser for itself, I think it's succeeding at what it's doing. Oh my God, that's probably what it is. Are Disney making this? They're not making it, but oh, they are distributing it internationally. They're not involved in the writing process. It's all <laughs> they're the BBC aren't letting open. Disney take this. But they are this the is ones. what I'm saying. I'm like, it, this would make a lot of sense because Disney ruined everything they touch. No, 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 no. Yeah. I won't I won't take that. They aren't like involved in like the writing process. They just host it because the iPlayer is a global. Ireland, is this worth actually explaining? Because a friend of mine has texted me about this several times. Ireland is messed around on Doctor Who both ways because uh, all the rest of the world except BBC and, uh, sorry, all the world except for Ireland and the UK mm. are going to get Doctor Who on the Disney Plus thing. Whereas people in the UK are getting Doctor Who on the iPlayer. We got nothing. Well... Well, I mean, I've got DVDs. I don't mind, but morally, yeah. So that's like that's that's kind of the biggest thing that stopped me from even attempting to catch up, even just to see what's going on. Accessibility, it, yeah. like I've no, I've no want to go trolling for files for however many seasons. If it's on a <laughs> streaming service, I'd catch up. Here's here's the thing. It's probably better that it's put to sleep. Just be like, okay, sleep, sleepy time. Speak for yourself. This is my ride or die franchise. Yeah, but you need to get off at some time. Like Star Wars for me is my ride or die, and I'm always just like, someone put it down, please. It's like that. It's like that bit from um, you know, South Park. It's like, oh, stop the reactor. Okay. I know, but Star Wars is one big ongoing saga. Doctor Who reinvents itself every two or three years, even when it's successful. Into something that's worse every time. Okay, kid, kid, kid. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, volunteer myself to take the heat off of you and rile Dara up a bit myself. No, no, this is not no, this is not fair. This is this is not what this show is. No, 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 Dara, Dara. Dara on the yes, yes. So, so since I think we last talked, uh, I finished Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, wonderful! What a game! Oh, really? <laughs> I thought you. I thought the last time I talked to you, you spun out in a mess and had to go to bed because you're too angry. Yeah, no, I mean, but but I have willed myself to enjoy this game, and now the the DLC has been released and they've actually fixed it. That's it. I I have now. Cla- caveat: I didn't play the DLC. Ah, I did. I I because I I got the game for free several months ago off a friend of mine. I got a, I got his PS4 copy, um, and then eventually it was when it was when Idris Elba put out uh was was in a uh was in an advertisement literally saying the game is fixed now yeah and it is like, oh, i should they've I should probably they... i should probably plug that in and play that now. see i i actually so for anyone listening here so here is my journey with cyberpunk it's the last game i pre-ordered which you should never do because it always disappoints you um the time before it was watchdogs so you can you can tell my my disappointment Oh yeah, uh, no rule of thumb: always, always buy a game a year later at half the price. Absolutely, <laughs> I absolutely. I just did that with God of War, best experience. <laughs> oh no, absolutely. 
Uh, so but... what happened? Well, so here, here's what happened, right? So here, so just to catch people up, I bought it on the PS4. It it did not run. It was a horrible train wreck. Then I uh, so I got halfway through, willing myself through all the glitches. Then they released the patch that fixed it. It bricked the game, and I had to transfer everything over to the PS5, <laughs> and then continue, continue, continue playing the game, the PS4 version on a PS5 after doing transference, and I put something like twenty five hours in it. You finished it then? Yeah. That's it. That you know what? That doesn't sound too wrong. I th- I was surprised actually at how quickly I went into this thinking, great, this is this is my game till up till Christmas, basically. No, no, it's very quick. It's very streamlined. Very yeah, um, very now I I definitely think I missed some stuff. Um I I know that it is shockingly easy to just fail out of entire quest lines if you don't know any better. I have a game for you that would actually uh, be be a be a good counterpoint, Kev. Now uh, you see, oh, I have already dipped dipped back into Baldur's Gate. No, no, so. no, hold on, no, hold on. And I, it is, well, it's not only for you; it's kind of for anybody who okay. had this experience with Cyberpunk. Because yeah, like I have the DLC, I'm playing through it. The game is fixed. It actually is a good experience. Hmm. However, there's a much more streamlined game that you can just lose hours in. That's actually a lot better. And believe it or not, it's the new RoboCop game. Ah, I've heard about this for weeks. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I have been hearing good things. Actually, it's Um, it's so good. It has no right to be as good as it is. It's just phenomenal. Well, it's 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 the same. It's the same team that made the the two Terminator games, right? Yeah, the the good ones are. Which yeah, like that's like they. I think RoboCop has the benefit of like having a decent experience background. Those Terminator games came out of nowhere. Were pretty discounted licensed games yeah. and were really fun and interesting first person shooters. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think this is very much the same kind of way. Like but with the with the cyberpunk issue, it's like it it had a lot of expectations and it still does. And I mean to be honest with you, like the GTA six trailer came out or uh, and people are freaking out over it. I'm like, listen, I've already experienced this. It's called Cyberpunk. It's a phenomenal game. Go and play it. Uh, that's why I won't even be buying GTA six. Because I'm like, I don't care. I have and Baldur's Gate does the same thing. I'm like, although I think Cyberpunk is a lot more. I I would not. I wouldn't compare Baldur's Gate and Cyberpunk. There's no, no, like, no, 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 no. Obviously, no, no. I mean, but the, from the from the controversy standpoint, that's what that way. Um, and I just really, 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 really like Cyberpunk. Hmm. So I mean, GTA Six is very similar in that sense. Where I'm like, yeah, I've already experienced this, uh, and a similar kind of game, but with RoboCop. Um, it's kind of a much more streamlined but deeper game than Cyberpunk in a weird way, you know. I mean, like it actually gives you a quest. The the hub system it's smaller. It's like like Deus Ex: Mankind Divided. If you've ever played that, um, I play. I have seventy two hours of Mankind Divided, and it is a small, small, small area, but it's really, really deep. And Cyberpunk doesn't have that. GTA Six will have it, obviously, because of all the stuff they'll they'll bolt onto it. Oh, stuff! That game oh, yeah. is going to be bloated. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I probably, I probably with on that one, Kev. I'm going to wait probably a year for all it comes out, and I'll buy it. You know, uh, I, I but don't think... is one. But yeah. Robo, sorry, but Robocop is one I'd recommend people go out and get now because it's a fi- it's a fixed phenomenal experience that uh, you'll love. It's it's really good now. It's very cheaply made. Like it looks. It doesn't look like a PS5 game, but oh yeah, but I think like there's there, like I think we need to we need to really start like bringing back this idea of the the mid tier game 
Mm. And it is very a mid tier game, yeah. Because really like is. that's it's it's something because you you don't like there like we it's it, we've been missing this the past like two kind of console generations where there was just this gulf between you know small local produced indie darling and massive polished AAA game and there was nothing in between you were either spending 20 that's quid why, that's or why it, i felt like there were a lot more playstation 2 games back in the day there were yeah, yeah. because they were because, all kind of in that little mid zone like yeah because smaller studios were able to crank out just a bunch mm-hmm. of low poly like shooters that lasted 10 hours and that was a game yeah um some of it was bad some of it was great yeah and we're like we missed that with a lot like with as progression as the technology for better quality graphics got more expensive and less accessible. Um, but the quality for pixel art graphics and a lot of 2D assets got a lot cheaper and more mm. accessible. That gulf started just kind of like widening for quite a while there. Now we're seeing that kind of close again where 3D rendering software is becoming a bit more accessible. As the the nostalgia spiral kind of loops itself back around to now we're seeing a lot of nostalgia for the PS1 era. So we're getting a, a fistful of like low poly 3D platformers and the like. Uh, one of my most anticipated games now upcoming is a fan game called Bloodborne Cart. Exactly what you think it is. <laughs> um, but that's like, so So we're like, I, I'm delighted to hear things like Robocop where you're not expecting the world and half from it. Mm. So when it delivers like a 7 out of 10, but only costs you 40 quid, you're like, yeah, this is great. Yeah. Yeah, and here's the thing. I even, I paid a little bit more because it had like some bonuses in it. Mm. I was not disappointed. It, it's one of the best gaming experience that I had out of the gate compared to like pretty much anything since Watch Dogs 2, where that was just a surprise completely. But definitely in the past couple of years, Cyberpunk burned me badly. Um, and so the Watch Dogs, the initial one burned me. Oh, and three. Never, ever, ever play Watch Dogs 3. It is genuinely the worst game I've ever played. But the you DS- kind of, the- by tapping into that, you kind of highlight the fact because obviously, like, kind of there's the triple A's and the tiny kind of things. But, like, you've also got the fact that DLC exists. And, and the DLC is even better. To buy in the first place. Yeah, and the DLC is actually better. Online components are a huge yep. thing. So, like, yep. a, to, as an outsider to all this, it feels like a game is a much bigger time and financial commitment than it used to be, which is time you're not spending playing lots of, like you say, 10-hour games and stuff. Mm. Well, that's, that's another thing we're seeing just completely blow up on itself because I, part and parcel with that gulf between with that emptied gulf between indie and AAA was the launch of the, was the attempted launch of like live service games. Mm. And that's a whole industry that is just collapsing on themselves because yeah. anybody I mean, with a, was like a quarter finish. Anybody ever? with a brain cell could have told you that not every company can make a forever game. There's yeah. a handful that are going to work, but you won't make that because yeah. destiny is already there and has but, it, but it's like winning the lottery. You only need to get it once to be fine forever like so they yeah, could yeah. try it and it's called Fortnite. exactly well there yeah. you go there's another example yeah well that's it and like you're now that i think people so many of like all the biggest companies have lost so much money trying to be Fortnite. they're now i think they're a lot of them are kind of realizing that and stop ixnaying that some are still trying because some companies 
don't have any self-awareness <laughs> looking at like Activision, you know? <laughs> uh, but like where there was a proliferation of that we saw about 10 years, about not even five years ago. Um, that is finally just, that is finally just becoming a singularity with itself and collapsing. Um, so we're probably going to see more, probably going to see a lot, still a lot of multiplayer stuff because that's, you know, common and that's infinite money for them. But uh, we'll probably see like a lot more kind of just focused single player stuff because that's what the people want. And that's what like the, the highest critically rated games of the past X amount of years have been. Um, again, see Baldur's Gate. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that I believe brings us to time uh, for the show. Ev's Uber Yay. has arrived. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere else. yeah, no, I'm just gonna. Yeah, that, that, that's been a show, guys. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> I finally remembered what I wanted to compare the Scott Pilgrim um, uh, anime to, which is the, the most recent No Way Home Spider Man. You know, the way you got to hang out with like Sandman and Electro and see them kind of shooting the breeze, not locked into that hero villain one versus mm. one thing. That's what the X's in that show gave me. It was like, oh, when we actually take the formula out of this, you're all pretty cool people to hang out with. How nice. You're all a good bunch of lads. I'll buy all (laughs) of you a pint. The Sinister Six, a great (laughs) bunch of lads. A great bunch of lads. (laughs) Never a day goes by where I don't think of one of Doc Ock's pearls of wisdom. (laughs) I've stayed I've stayed up in the pub many a night with Electro. Of course, there are no sand men on Craggy Island. <laughs> okay, we're cutting it. We're cutting <laughs> it there. We can't. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Uh, check out all of our stuff on nerdtonomedia.com. There you'll find all links to all of our socials. We have loads of fi- shows. We have loads of shows. We have loads of shows. You can go check out the backlog of all the shows. They're all really great. Uh, you can also find our Patreon there. Support us if you like us. Um, and with that, we will see you all next week. Uh, thank you and goodbye. Bye. Alright, so you're listening to the podcast, you're like, hey, I'm not in Ireland, how do I get in touch? Well, TuneIn has you covered. That's how you can check us out live when we're on the radio. Um, you go to TuneIn and download the app, or you can check out the live streams on nerdthnowmedia.com or phoenix92.5 FM. If you want to get in contact with us, it's very easy. Media everywhere. Media on Twitter. Media Instagram. Media on Twitch. Media at gmail.com if you want to reach out via email. Hope to hear from you soon. Check out the Wrestling Rewind here on Phoenix 92.5 FM every Tuesday at 8pm to 9pm. And of course, over on NerdToKnowMedia.com, the only wrestling podcast by wrestling fans who don't hate wrestling. We'll see you then. Hey, Dara, what are you doing over there in Ireland? Like with the freaking leprechauns and everything. That's not cool. You should be over here with the God players. At least then you could, like, I don't know, pretend like you got, I don't know, some kind of thing going on. Yeah, with that. You give me a Brooklyn Blade. Yeah, with ya. Dick. Dara. Dara? Yeah, Sarah. Why ain't you over here with Joey? Anyway, we miss you, dude. So, uh, it's Bill Caribo saying, I love it. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. 